Hello and welcome to another edition of the Substandard, sponsored by Wink Wine Club. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sunny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you the Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Gentlemen, how are we, and how was last week's podcast? It was a pretty good show. Frankly, I pushed very hard to have you removed permanently. From this, I don't have enough I, to do here working the board and the levels and also try. I also want to run all. I want to run traffic cop here and do it all. I, I got to say. Yes. JVL. And again, I don't shill. Not mm-hmm. every episode of the show is, mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Not even every episode of the show is good. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really good episode. Matt brought his A game. I thought it was great. You I were, was really. Well, I knew he, he was, was going to knock it out of the park because he has stores and stores of Star Wars knowledge. He knows he so knows much a lot. about Star Wars. The, the mention it, of it, Boba Fett on the parade in 1970. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird. It is, it is, it's creepy how he has like, uh, this is my, my theory on smart people. And Matt is a smart person. Matt is one of the smartest people we know, I think. Isn't so much that they're necessarily smart. It's that they have, like, perfect memories. And he has this really fantastic memory for, like, lots of little political details. And that's why he's so good at that sort of thing. But also on Star Wars. I mean, he, like, probably, he Mm -hmm. almost certainly knows more about Star Wars. And he also made a Star Trek reference. I mean, so you know you could mind that as well when when they come up with Star Trek movie. talking about the weakness in the three and a half inch action figure market. I was just like, yeah, baby. That was hot stuff. That was hot stuff. I listened to it. I thought this is good. Did you listen to it in Rome? uh, No, 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 no. I I listened to it when I came back um, at work, of course. And... (laughs) It was, As one does. it was only hour and a half, and uh, and I think that was the longest substandard. It was a very long episode. Not ever, longer ever, than no. We did right? uh, like an Avengers. Episode. We had one really? show, which is like not fully ninety minutes. Is that right? Uh, yeah, um, it might have been the. It might have been the. Yeah. One of, one of the Rogue good. One. Yeah, I, I Rogue listened to it and yeah. I thought this is good. I might not have to come back until September, maybe if ever. I thought that was really good. Don't um, say that. <laughs> we need and you could have all sorts of guest hosts, Sonny. See, this is the problem. Jonah, Kristen, Ben Shapiro. Ben. I I mean, like, this is the problem is I wouldn't actually mind having any of these people on the show. It's just like, I I don't want to have to be fending off people who I don't want on the show. Could we do Smug? I would kill to have Smug do a guest. No, that'll never happen. We Skype him in. That'll never happen. He's a a man of mystery. He doesn't want to be. We could do run him through a voice a lot. JVL, he's here right now. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Yeah. No, I w- that was that was good. I I enjoy y- you were absolutely right when you it's so much more interesting when you haven't listened to Isn't the episode. It? Yes. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is oh some of my favorite episodes no are the ones I'm not on. It's a good show. It's a good it's show like, that oh, we you do. don't know what's coming up yet. And uh that was a very funny how dare you tease about Gene. I, said, I, I, I know. I had it. I had it? half of a gene review. Is he going should've to do it? it. You, sh- you should have done it. You should have. And I didn't want to hurt you because bro- I know you would have been. It would have broken my heart yes. because, well, your gene, if I may say so, it, he he kind of came off sounding like a perv. Well, and that's not gene. <laughs> that's not gene. That's no, not the gene we know. There's more nuance to gene than that. Uh, you also have a higher voice. So uh, I would say a yeah. little lower and rasp. Not today, I don't. Oh, <laughs> you will notice my voice is a little, uh, little on the scratchy side. How are you, JVL? Because Why is that? Last night was round two of the baseball playoffs for the mighty Woodbridge Pirates. Ooh. Oh my gosh! And uh, it, so in round one, there was a there was an incident. Uh, what Flash, was the incident? Flash last got the start for our team. He needs a nickname. 
I'm sorry, is this new? And Did you call him Flash last weekend? I last week. So I don't like using his name on air. And I wanted to name him Flashman. My wife will back me up on this. I, I lied like hard. From Bottle Rocket? No. Oh, no, that's Future Man. Sorry, not Flashman. I wanted to name him Flashman because I was convinced that if his nickname was Flash Last, he was a natural-born ball player, right? I it's mean, the most it's, baseball name it's, ever. It's the Nuke LaRouche of... It is the Nuke LaRouche. <laughs> and so I am, for the purpose of, of this podcast, going to simply refer to my oldest son as Flash <laughs> from now on. You, Before you had kids, JVL, you always told me you, were, you would love to have a kid named Flash. And if it was a girl, Tallulah. Tallulah. I love Tallulah. But uh, anyway... So uh, there was an incident on the mound in the first uh, first game of the playoffs. He had to work through it. There was some stomping around. He may or may not have started arguing balls and strikes with the wow. umpire. Uh, and after that, there was, uh, you know, I think I, I like to think I did some good parenting with that when we got home. <laughs> <laughs> did you lock him in the basement? I didn't lock him. Did you put him in we a closet? We spoke, well, I spoke sternly to him mm-hmm. about what... The, the 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 key of baseball, the the essence of baseball, is that you do your job. The umpire's job is to call balls and strikes. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. Your the pitcher's job is to pitch. And if you don't like the call, you pitch again. Try again with another call. You do not argue balls and strikes. Right. With I do not want that kid. My kid no, is not going that, to be that kid. That's good because uh, to uh, compare it with uh, to tennis. Uh, was it Federer or was it Borg, who supposedly, when they were kids, only had one outburst, and the father had set him straight and terrified him? It wasn't that was Federer. It. Yeah, sure, sure, it was Federer. Federer. No, who was it? And it wasn't Agassi because they were comparing it to Agassi, who was very bratty mm, when he was when he was uh, yeah. growing up as a star. Yeah, Federer, so uh, in high school, not Federer. So anyway, I did yeah. some. Mm. I've been doing some uh, research into advanced statistics. And uh, did you know this? It's clear to me now. We need to work about Cody's exit velocity. When he's uh, when he's at the plate, did you know that there is a linear correlation between exit velocity and batting average, not on base percentage, not slugging percentage, which is where you would expect exit velocity to show up, but in the actual batting average? Now, do you know why this correlation exists? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Sonny, Sonny just tipped over his chair. Sonny just literally. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fell. You started, that you started was... talking about uh, numbers and statistics that just, they're nonsense. They're nonsense we, words. I can't believe we they're killed nonsense Facebook words. Live. And I wow. passed out. I just passed out wow. for a minute. I couldn't, I, I couldn't handle right. it. Well, you know what? You'll have to show up for show notes to find out why there's a linear correlation I'm sorry, between go ahead. exit velocity. I have to crank velocity. up the volume to hear the crash. It Look, was all really you, quite stunning. Could you, could you talk about some war, possibly? All you need to know is that Cody is now on a regimen of push-ups. Because we got to bulk up his upper body so we can up his exit velocity. And I am, no kidding, Amazon Prime is sending it right now, (laughs) a... Well, I won't what, tell you. What? No, no. And what is thing? it? There are, it? Uh, one of those things? Is it one of the rubber bands? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. No. What no. is it? There, uh, there is a special sensor that you can put on your uh, the, the nub of the bat, which tracks all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Swing, your angle That's of amazing. attack, your exit velocity, hand speed, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, wait, wait. So we're talking about his batting now, not his pitching. Yeah. Because no, I'm previous about, episodes oh, have been focused on entirely pitching. on his pitching. I was yeah, well, I'm talking, I'm talking about batting right okay. now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very important to me. But I want to tell you something. Can I tell you about a story last night? Yes. So not all of the kids on Little Flashes, sorry, on Flashes Little League Do we team, need to beep that out? Should I beep out Yeah, you should. Uh, are at the same level of baseball talent or interest. 
you know, I would say about half the team is like really into baseball, and the other half the team is like, hey, my mom and dad signed me so up as an activity. Yeah. And I don't want to say names of any kids because I don't know if their parents are listening, but there is one kid in particular who I think has not gotten a hit all season long mm-hmm. and who, whenever I've been like helping out of practices or in games, is just he's clearly just showing up because somebody has told him to show up. I've seen that, yeah. And last night, he triples in his first at-bat in a playoff elimination game, and then in his next at-bat hits a bases-clearing double. He drove in half of the team's runs. In his third at-bat, the kids in the dugout were all chanting his name. Oh, and the look on this kid's face. That's great. And he like had a little swagger to him. It was so cool to see. I was it was that's really great. it was pretty great. He got the game ball. It was it was just so cool oh, to to witness yeah. a moment in another child's life that you know is going to mm-hmm. be part of their mythology. Like, you know, he'll be 20 years old telling his friends, like, funny stories about the time. Like, you know, <laughs> my parents made me play baseball. And we were in the playoffs, and I actually won the game for the team. It, it was awesome. Sonny, how was, you, how was your weekend? Is uh, it hot in here? Is it just me? It's extremely hot in here. It is. It's very warm. I thought it was just me. It's very warm. Do you mind if I take my shirt off? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Thank uh, I God. I, I, that's my first fear everywhere I go is, is it just me? Am I about to die? <laughs> is it just How are your <laughs> triglycerides? Well, this is interesting. We'll get to it in a second. Sonny, <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm good. Sonny, actually, Sonny, Vic actually died in Rome, and this is his life model decoy. <laughs> that's not, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm actually would an astral be, projection. Would that be shocking? A la Doctor Strange. I mean, he's basically, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the first Westworld robot, frankly. <laughs> that wouldn't That wouldn't shock. I mean, he's not sexy enough, really. But <laughs> me. What do you I mean? Have, I have all sorts of enhancements. <laughs> Go ahead, Sonny, please. Um, he I'm, has wind chimes for his. This is that's for you, Kristen. <laughs> that's for you. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 pretty uh, happy because a uh, a project that I have been working on for some time mm-hmm. has has finally come out. Uh, there's a book by the title of Superhero Ethics: Ten, uh, ten Comic Book Heroes. Ten by ways, Travis Smith. Ten ways. I'm I'm gonna get to that. So I'm trying to make it feel organic. There's a book here. I'm trying to make it so it doesn't book sound like now. a read. A, it's not a read. I'm just reading the title. Jeez. <laughs> the 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 uh the the book is called Superhero Ethics: Ten Comic Book Heroes, Ten Ways to Save the World. Which one do we need most now? Uh, by Travis Smith, who is a uh, a a college professor up in Canada, Canada, Canada. Uh, and it, uh, it is out by Templeton Press. I have done some kind of editing work. I'm mostly, mostly I was just uh, uh, a, a whipman. I was whipping Travis, trying to get him to file his copy. Um, and uh, and it's really, it's pretty fun. I think it's a sort of book. Again, this is me shilling right now, but I also mean it. Uh, I think it's the sort of book that listeners of the Substandard will really be into. It's kind of a mix of highbrow. Uh, ideas about you know um, classical philosophy and that sort of thing uh, with lowbrow comic book stuff. It's it's literally it's right in the wheelhouse of That's of great. this sort of uh, podcast. Um, and basically, uh, the book is kind of set up as five battles between various superheroes that culminates in a kind of battle royale at the end. But it's not a punching and shooting and laser eyes sort of fight. It's a kind of which provides us the best model to live which which huh. superhero is the the sort of ideal to which we should strive uh, I'll just give you the rundown on the 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 matchups 
and then we can move on. But I, I'm really excited about this book. I spent a lot of time working on it with Travis. I hope people like it. JBL, as you were mentioning before the show, this actually kind of began as a weekly standard project, right? I, I like to think of myself as the godfather of this book because I wrote a piece about Batman for the standard and Travis sent a very funny email in response and then a couple months later sent in a giant piece arguing back against it mm-hmm. saying that actually Spider-Man is the best yeah. superhero and it was great and the greatest trick I ever played, I convinced Bill to run Travis's piece in the magazine. Fantastic. And, and it, I think this is what began yeah. his idea yeah, yeah. for the book, right? So it's, that is... That's and I, I have read the book because uh, I got a galley in advance. It's great. People, it really, this is not just Sonny Schilling. Yeah. If you like this show, you will like the book. You should uh, it. So the, the first matchup is Hulk versus Wolverine. It's kind of an idea of the most beastly of the superheroes mm. going against each other. Uh, then we then we step up to Iron Man versus Green Lantern, which is a mm. question about willpower and imagination and mm-hmm. how far we should go to improve mm-hmm. the human condition. So, so Marvel mixing Marvel, DC. It's Marvel versus DC. It's, it's Marvel versus DC. Travis has yeah. done a very good job of picking 10 heroes who not only will be familiar to most people, but who have actually had major movies come out in the last 10 to 15 years. So this is Exciting. like a uh, uh, third third chapter is Batman versus Spider-Man, which is kind of, uh, which began life as a weekly standard piece. Um, then we have Captain America versus Mr. Fantastic, which is kind of this idea of like, do you want to live the mm. the ideal intellectual patriotic life or the ideal intellectual intellectual life? Um, and then finally Thor versus Superman, which is kind of the the big battle royale of the, you know, yes. most mythic of our, of our heroes uh i won't spoil anything about who wins what uh you should read it and find out for yourself but i i really do think everyone will have a good time with this the substandard moves product as i as we have mentioned many times so hopefully at least like two or three of you buy this book so yeah i don't know what the real target audience this for this book is book reader wise but for substandard audience wise this is I would say in your right up. Spot. I mean, I would say it's <laughs> right up there. It is, it is, it is in the wheelhouse. If you, the if you listen, if you listen to this dumb show, yeah, then you'll you'll enjoy that not dumb book. It's a very smart book. Yeah, Travis is very, very smart. Very slick yeah. of you. Very so anyway, I hope everybody really enjoys it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll move on. Vic, how was Vic? How, how was your, your yeah, week? How was my settimana? My week in Italian. Uh, it was spent, uh, I think, uh, annoying and torturing Mike Warren with my various Italian phrases that I just like to throw out there. And uh, I was on a trip to Rome, uh, which in fact was a pilgrimage, but uh, a pilgrimage mixed with lots of pasta, veal, and wine at every meal. So it's, uh, it's, 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 I think it was a good deal. Uh, and Andy Ferguson was there too. And uh, uh, there was a big group of us. So that was... Uh, Did Gene review the trip? I know. <laughs> Gene, uh, Gene, almost, <laughs> Mama Mia! No, Gene uh, almost uh, uh, was going to review movies that he watched on the plane. I thought he would do that, and then I just could—he could not get himself to watch uh, "Call Me by Your Name." That was the—I I was going to do it just for <laughs> that, that, that. That would be the end of the show. That would be the end of the show. Had a Gene call me by your name. I said instead, I wa- it was—I didn't intend this to happen, but going to—it's a long flight. Going to Rome and coming back—it was strictly Cameron Crow. I didn't realize that until it was over. I watched Almost, Almost famous. famous going there. And then Jerry I went, Maguire? No, I went old school. Old school coming back. Oh, Fast Times? No, no, no. After Fast Times. Jerry S- Maguire? Say anything. Oh, say, oh, say anything. anything. There you know? go. I know. Well, oh. okay, uh, confession. I'd never seen it before. Did you? W- I only Sky? Yes. Yeah. Were you oh, watching? she reminded me of my wife. Were you watching? <laughs> Question. Valedictorian. Question. Oh, no, salutatorian, sorry. Yes. 
Were you watching like the programming from the airplane? Was it like the airplane had a Cameron Crowe section, or did you? No, it was a mishmash of everything. All <laughs> it, you know, and they broke it down by category. Uh, Mike uh, Warren and I were sitting at the very front of Economy Plus, which is uh, good and bad. I mean, you're there early, you're out of the plane quick, uh, but you're right in front of the curtain, and you could see what life is like on the other side. <laughs> you could hear the clinkage. Did you? Does Economy Plus come with like free food or drinks? Yes, or and drinks, I believe. So okay. uh, six uh, inches of yes, of, uh, pitch. Except yeah. for we got the you know there's the a whole solid wall. Ah, but but the I like the that because you can throw your feet up on the wall. Well, like, I did yeah. that, yes. and also yeah. you can pretend just visualizing that you're actually part of the clinking in the first class and you can ignore <laughs> all the animals the behind animals. you. I hear crying like, back oh, no. there. I'm not like those mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe Andy, uh, For uh, we were in 16. That's where it begins to come. Classes were 16. Andy was like seat 42. Economy Plus Against is, the back of the bathroom. Economy course. Plus really is like the best deal in, in flying because I remember once I was going to Vegas mm-hmm. and I was flying Virgin America mm-hmm. and... I was given an option at the at like the check in to like upgrade to economy plus. And it was like that first row that's like, like right behind. Yeah. And it yeah. was like it was like it was like a forty dollar upgrade yeah. or something do like it. that. And I and I didn't do it. Oh and I didn't and I didn't do it. And this was after oh. having done I'd I'd done Virgin America Economy Plus like the last time I flew. I really liked it. And I was like, oh, forty dollars. Virgin I America, it's like free food, really, free movies. Free food, mm-hmm. free movies, free everything. I like free that. drinks, free mm-hmm. alcohol. I mean it was like it was it was like it, anyway, so I didn't I do it. I prefer virgin. I didn't do it, and when I was, when I was, uh, when I was walking to like through security, oh. something in me broke, and I was like, <laughs> I have to get that immediately. So w- once I got to the Virgin America, <laughs> once I got to the Virgin America booth, I ran up. I was like, Hey, there was an option to upgrade. Uh, uh, can I still do that? And the lady now was like, eighty dollars. The lady was like, You could do that, but it's a middle seat. You have an aisle seat. I was like, Ah. Uh, all right, I'll keep my aisle seat. She talked me out of it, mm. which means I am 100% certain that either she or some other uh, Virgin America employee was, was in that seat yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes later. So I, yeah. but it, 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 Virgin, uh, Virgin, well, Virgin doesn't really yeah. exist anymore, yeah. but like Economy Plus, mm. totally worth it. Yes. Best deal. Uh, so I sat there and Mike was on the other side. Uh, speaking of getting through security, Mike got stopped at security because, you know, if Mike decides not to Swarthy. shave, if he doesn't shave in the morning, Swarthy. it's coming. In fact, you know, we were nine hours on the plane. By the time we landed back at Dulce, I thought I was sitting next to an imam. That's a- <laughs> it's like the Seinfeld where he's on the bus. He's on the tour bus, remember? Oh, the, like that, the oh. Kramer tour. Oh, yeah, the Kramer and tour. And he's like, he's like, ah. Right. Oh, and it's hot and sweaty. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I, Italian security at uh, Da Vinci Airport, they came up to Mike and they took him aside and they said, okay, wh- where are you going? Where were you from? Uh, and why were you here? And he's, oh, pilgrimage. What did you see? Did you see? And they just, just, and I went right through, but they peppered him with all sorts of questions. Um, so that's Mike. But uh, it was a great trip. And we did something, un- unlike your previous trip there, JVL, we stayed at the Domus. We stayed at the Papal Residence. And as you know, you Pope, saw him, didn't you? I did. At the cafeteria. Yeah. Uh, so Did you heckle him? I know. I went to get salad, and I look up, and there he is at a table. I stand with Cardinal Pell. I, well, he's, so wait, but wait, you wait, know, wait. he likes, he still likes Cardinal Pell. Wait, 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 yes. wait, wait. No, he doesn't. So wait, wait, wait. You're at the cafeteria at the Pope's house. Mm, yes. And you go, and you eat, you get your food, and the Pope's just sitting there? He's just in white. Everyone else is in black. They never had journalists like this before staying at the papal residence, so we were warned was by Was he fa- by himself? He was with his secretary, his right-hand man, this young fella. You didn't just go up and ask for a, a Pope selfie? They told us ahead of time. No Pope selfies. Stand, and remember, like, this is 10 the feet away from him and pretend like... <laughs> 
this guy like Look that. Taking the picture. And, and they tell you not to go up because it's kind of like his home. So he, it's his home. So it's different than when he's out and he's on. Yeah. So I said, okay, fine. But there are times I look down in the lobby. He's walking past. Oh, he's visiting too. He could be staying in the Apostolic Palace if he wasn't such a show off. I'm uh, Look at and, me. I'm so and humble. I knew, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm the home. <laughs> <laughs> and then And then he's on. But it was. Uh, You're, but all go- what you're I, both going to hell, by the way. <laughs> the I'm going to earn it. If I'm going, I want to earn, earn it. it. And uh, the best part, though, is because they never had the situation before, the Swiss guard that's posted outside the hotels, they didn't know what to do, so they would salute us every time we walked by. And Did I, you return their I, salute? I, well, I love being saluted. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the little perks. I'll tell you the other perks of the trip in a second. I love being saluted. It's one of the life's moments for me, as you know. It's what I live for. In what other context in your life have you been saluted? <laughs> no, I when has this right? happened this before? Is so good. So I'm like, do I salute back? And they told me see what, as class see, president. Should see how the at interns, Monsignor Donovan, what, the something? interns address him <laughs> in uh, at the, the free beacon. Oh, Mr. Max, <laughs> good to see you. So here's the thing. So you walk out, and they they say, you know, they say buongiorno, or they say salve, and so you say salve, and they say, well, you're not really supposed to salute back because you're not in uniform yourself. But I'd, I'd feel like a jerk if I don't do anything, if I just nod my head. So I, I did the half Sieg thing. <laughs> I don't know how else to call it. It's what about the like, double guns? Well, no, no I, oh, exactly. No, I did the, the wink in the gun. The, the, you got to do the, the wink in the gun. I might have done that once, but really it was the half Heil, you know, just the, up to shoulder. I, I, yeah, no, it's, like, it's like the casual Hitler. It's casual Hitler. The casual it's, Hitler it's, where it's, he would be like, uh, Yes, uh, I, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a casual fascisti, as we would say. The other perk I liked, and JVL, you've been in this situation, the private tour of the Sistine Chapel, right? The private tour of the yes. Sistine Chapel. I it yes. was it would have been it would have been awesome already if you just entered the room and it's empty and you had the tour and you're just there and the security did not care if we took pictures. It was better walking in and seeing a crowd being pushed out. That's what I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, you not so people got forced out. I must well, it was, win. It was closing Others time. Lose. It's closing time and you see them and they're all staring at you. Another one of Did my you highlights them? of the trip. Did you salute Sorry. them as they were leaving? Anyway, the great thing about being in the Domus is you could just cross over the, the rope and go in through the side entrance. There's no lines. You just go in and out anytime <clears> you want. And people stare at you and like, where are you going? So that was great. May, met all sorts of interesting this people. This all sounds like it really aroused some very Catholic feelings in you. <laughs> if by did those you have feelings, to, we, yeah. Did you have to go to confession because of your pilgrimage? I'm too scared to go to confession there. <laughs> I'm like, tell oh, oh, oh you don't try is, to confess. No, over not there. there. The oh. light is on. It's Dominicans. No, thank you. you no, thank you. Th- those sorry. are the big. Could you, could you, you try to do a confession at there? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, could you explain to the lay people oh. out here what that actually, what the difference would be between confessing to them and your normal? They, are, you know, they're they're pretty hardcore over there. I think they would make you do some. Ser- they would really get on your case about where a lot of times other places, if you go to confession. <laughs> You know, here, you know, they're much more. You're divorced. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Hey, listen, say, bathhouses. Try to you know, not pray a for problem. These people, you know, say this prayer, say that prayer. Two hail marys, and and you're people. all set. Do Who am I nice to judge? Do something nice for these people. And there, this is like, Catholic what? gold, by and the way. Over there, they'll be like, "What's wrong with you? And why did you do this? Okay, and then they want to get in. The, so, I so say, they're you like, know they're more like psychotherapists than priests. That's part of the job. Um, and so, I mean, it's, you talk to somebody about these things, so uh, it's it's very interesting. What would they have made you do, though? I like I don't quite. Usually, they just so would have been angry. In, with in, like, in they like, just be they angry, and I don't so, like. The, so I don't like, want them to be angry. At in me. like the movie, somebody goes in, they're like, "Oh, I I banged my my secretary," and the, and the priest is like, "Okay, we'll do ten hail marys or whatever, right?" But like out here in this situation, what you know, what would they? What sort of like penitence would you have had? To, I don't. But I think do? Jonathan is, is. I think they just start right. yelling at it's you. The they just start yelling. Yeah, maybe. I'm too scared. And I'm not going to do it. With, I, mean, I'm, I tried. I'm not going to conv- I got like halfway into a confessional in St. Mm-hmm. Peter's once. And I was like, I'm out. I can't. 
The, the priest is already Are you ready angry. For I already done something wrong. Somebody on my trip said they went to confession and the priest only spoke Chinese and they said it still counted. <laughs> what if you? What if you? And then I stuck her body in my trunk. You know, <laughs> if you, if you, if you go to all right, question, question. If you Meow. go to one of these yeah. uh, super priests who get angry at you. <laughs> And you lie to them about your confession. Oh, that Can you just confess the lie to the like nice place oh, later? Later on, if you survive, if you if you live, okay. If you make it back, yes, on the plane you ride. make it home. Okay. So great news is when I was there, we met all sorts of interesting people, various cardinals, archbishops. We met uh, Archbishop Denoya, who is the head of the Congregation of the Faith, what used to be called the Inquisition, mm-hmm. and that was scary. And he, but then he comes up to me and he just says. And I said, I don't want to sit next to him, but Anne Corkery said, oh, you're sitting next to him. So I said, okay, fine. What am I going to talk about? He comes up, okay, get extra chairs, boom, boom, boom. He walks in. He's got his magenta cap on. He sees me, and he goes, by the way, I have your book. Vodka? <laughs> and then I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, he, wow, he they mistook have, me for somebody else. Wow, they have Google. Uh, they have the Amazon. Uh, they have Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's me. Very good. Very good. The Italian Wrecked. Doom. Did he? Did Wrecked. He, Google.it. Did he bring his book? Copy over for you for to sign? Side, I would have loved it. I blushed. At first, I thought he must have mistaken me for somebody else. Serious. But then he goes, vodka, what's that all about? And so everyone laughed. And then I said, it's a good thing I didn't skip the meeting. Um, and yes, so I guess he got it on Amazona.com. Amazona. Amazona. Hey. And then we met a really nice guy, Kishore Jayabalan from the Acton Institute in Rome. He comes up. He sees Andy. I met him. Loves nice your guy. work. Very nice guy. Sees uh, um, Mike. And then he says to me, by the way, I don't think I've missed a single episode of The Substandard. He listens to it there. Where are it's just spanning the globe? Spanning the globe. He would probably love a copy of Superhero Ethics. By I think he would. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that's he was great. great. And he said uh, a couple of hours. It was very funny to meet somebody who is an avid listener uh, of the show. And he, he was saying, oh, he was saying things like, you know, my voice sounds higher in person than it is on the show. And then he Your said, head is even bigger <laughs> in person. <laughs> well, that was, but he would say things like, oh, like you, my, you know, I'm the son of a doctor. And then he stops. He goes, gosh, it feels like I really know you and it, so well. And it's a weird thing about Biblically. Doing the show. Biblically. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and, uh, and he said, Sonny Punch, that Sonny Punch is a funny guy. Funny how? Funny, <laughs> funny how? No. Like a clown. Like you amused like him. a clown. So uh, that was lovely. And in terms of the triglycerides, it, I think it was a draw. I, I think I only ended up gaining about a pound and a half. We ate a lot of pasta. They love veal there, by the way. Mm. They love veal. And uh, wine at lunch, wine at dinner. Uh, but uh, we did a lot of walking, something like 18,000 steps, almost 18,000 steps a day, including the, the big Coliseum Forum tour with Liz Lev, who's amazing. Yeah, when I was there, I went running and I ran six miles in the morning. Before, like at sunup every day. We could, Did you know, you there's that? no running inside yeah. the Vatican. You can't run inside the Vatican. Not really? In the you Vatican. No, no, the dome. When I ran around the, the Tiber. You can't jog around the, the Vatican? I think they would be weirded out by that. Yeah, in, in like Vatican your short City? shorts and your, your <laughs> tank top? Uh, you know what? People were running through the Roman catacombs. That was like a running trail. People what? Did that. Yeah. That's yeah. gross. And you saw, and bicyclists, they love Sickos. biking. You know what? They love Sickos. <laughs> the Italian, they love biking. Um, uh, but no, we had like mass at seven in the morning, so I'm not getting up before that. And then we're off to the races. You're not getting. <sighs> and then here's it mass at seven in the morning. I give up. Mass at seven in the morning. And then after, by the time dinner's done, it's 11 p.m. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not is, getting up. So what do you then. do from four to seven? 4 a.m.? Yes. <laughs> Sonny. Never mind. Uh, you know, some of us sleep. 
Some of us enjoy you can, you the can amount sleep of when you're dead. sleep that we get. Ah, no, thank you. Uh, my wife gets up at 5.30, and I like I resent that, but I get a lot of reading done in the morning, so it's fine. Uh, you Four o'clock? What are you, high? Yeah, that's nuts. Also, Keyshore uses the Quip toothbrush. Substandard oh, no. Moose product. Substandard Moose product. Did he get that's it through awesome. our coast? Yes. Yes, he did. Boom. Amazing. Amazing. Roasted. Um, so uh, th- that was great. It was a lovely trip. Uh, I do wish... Uh, Kate was there. She would have loved it, too. Uh, but this was, you know, it was just me. I was traveling solo. Speaking of solo. Oh! Wait, can we get a grade a, on can we get a grade on my that he couldn't do. Transitions. True. Can, can we get a grade on my transitions, by the way? I gave you a that was, They yeah, were pretty good, a, right? You got a I did a, some a solid work. A. You did. You did some work. I can tell you did work. B plus. But hey, an honest Well, <laughs> well <laughs> Harvey Mansfield B plus. So like oh, a real like B plus. A plus. Okay, that's well, like that's, like, that's like an A from a real professor, from a regular professor. A Harvey Mansfield B plus. Speaking. Good thirty, good thirty minute uh, recap of our week. Well, we knew we didn't off. have much time. We knew we, we had, had nothing much else to talk about. We here. had two weeks off. We had a lot to talk we did. about. Speaking of Solo, over the weekend, Solo, a Star Wars story, did a solid twenty nine million. No, that is incorrect. Oh, really? In its second week, followed by Deadpool two, which did twenty three million over the weekend, and a Deadpool two. And adrift. Will it beat Deadpool 2 in weekend That's three? a good question. Adrift yeah. in third place with 11.5 million. What does this all mean? I wrote that. Do I actually we, wrote down, what does this all mean? Do we get a... Re- the, the, no, the, no, the, no, no, the, no, 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 the, no, no, no. View from Gene no, no, first. No, um, so no, here's, no. You well, kind of did a Gene teaser, of, and you're absolutely right. It would be, all be solo jokes. It's it's true. Yeah. Question. Uh, you will, you Vic, the listeners must wait again. Yes, Sonny. You have seen it. You're the only one here who wasn't here last week. I Can saw you give us your family. thoughts? Your thoughts on seeing it like as a film, but also as a Star Wars fan, and also seeing it with your family. These are the things I want to know how you reacted to it. Kids loved it, of course. They think it's fine. They liked it. I, they will admit that it's better than the Last Jedi. Okay, um, I thought it. W- I thought it had a good start. I liked the opening. Um, I, I, I thought oh, this is good. I can get into this. This is fun. This is great. And then it slowly lost me. By the time that, what's her name? Enfys Nest. Thank you. Her name, Enfys Nest takes off the mask and I did think as well that it was a Maya Rudolph at first. <laughs> I was like, "Why? What? what's happening here? And it was young Maya Rudolph. One of you said that on the show. Sonny. <laughs> no, I think that was Matt. It was Matt. Yeah. Okay, so the whole thing is again, once again, I felt like we're finding ourselves at the last Jedi with the children. The children who will lead us. The children the who younglings? will lead the, the younglings who will lead the rebellion. Okay, so that and then the overweight looking Darth Maul. Fat Darth Maul. Same actor. Interestingly enough, Ray same Park, actor. Same actor. I mean, like, I'm the last person in the world who gets to make fun of people for being bloated and, and heavy. You were but... just explaining your sartorial choices, Sonny, <laughs> yeah. too. We don't have to reveal that no, on the show. Right, right, right. But in that part, I said, oh, come on. Really? And then, and, and I've, I just, it was a short st- I was like, okay, now we're, you know, they had to incorporate that. And Michael, my son, actually explained to me that Darth Maul survived the fall did michael find this preposterous no he understood it he said did well, you notice been, the metal legs and has he been, did this has, thing has so. michael been watching the cartoons does he understand so okay. you see the laser and sword I, cauterizes the wound as it, does. it passes it does. through oh. the body yeah, yeah, and so there was no blood no ever and in so, Star Wars, very he, little blood. He all rolled of your... as he as he dropped. He rolled with his torso. Well, he parkour he, style. He's a he's a master of the force. Yes. Yes. Why couldn't no, it, he levitate he, himself? He pulled a Deadpool. 
is what he did, and he put himself back together. So I, initially, I told my son that that's that's not tr- that can't possibly be. That's impossible. That's impossible. No, <laughs> that can't be true. Feel your face. That's impossible. <laughs> you know it be true. <laughs> uh, and so um, my feeling was that I liked um, half of it, and then the other half was meh. Um, and I thought Alden Ehrenreich was fine. I thought he was fine. He's good. I thought he was actually good. I and I thought Amelia Clark yeah. was fine. Uh, yeah, she was. She was better than In I expected. Of the be. word. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Okay. You, you were so saying, you're so you're, you're like yeah. you're like fine. Like two yeah. two you and a half. You seem stars. more critical than you're, Sunny and you're I. You're more I, Matt actually. on it than we were. Yeah, I, I think, think so. We both were kind of. It's fine as a movie. Chewbacca was nice. Chewbacca was nice. I like Chewbacca. Uh, I'm trying to think about other and, and Paul Bettany's Paul Bettany. Okay, fine. And uh, Woody Harrelson. I'm always fascinated by his career arc because yet again, you know, he finds there was a time where he they thought he was done and he had all these problems, personal problems, mm. and they thought Woody had post cheers. Woody it was Harrelson high was all the time. I yes, mean, it was yes, really, really bad. Uh, and then he talks about yeah, the but moment then he that did he was natural born and killers and he kicked it all behind him <laughs> while he was on the set of that. That movie. healed yeah. him. Yeah. No, it's therapy. You go on that show. Yeah. That movie, I think they talked about how Sony in- insisted on having the weird music play constantly throughout, so it would get into your head. It was probably he, on peyote the whole time. Yes, <laughs> and they, they, they talk about, I think Woody Harrison, what happened, he got a gunpoint, he was held at gunpoint while in a convertible, and he was almost killed, and it was a life-changing event for him in any way. And Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite people, because anytime you see him, he just looks happy. He just looks happy. All, if, you, if you flip through, like, that is. if you flip through, like, Getty... Images of like him at award shows he's or whatever. Got natural grin. He's, he's always just got a big goofy grin on yeah, his face yeah. because he, I mean, look, even if he's stoned all the time, that's mm-hmm. fine. Look, yeah. weed is good for some people. Weed they is need good it. for some people. They need it. They need and the help. if they're if it if it gets them to that good place where they're Absolutely. also productive members of society, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely, also good. For he was, are you high right now? He was. A, well, I'm I'm getting there. I'm almost drunk. Uh, the he was. We're actually drinking again for the first time in, in months. Um, it's a later taping, uh, like thirty minutes. Yeah, well, it's close. We have some plausible deniability. I wasn't drunk at ten thirty in the morning, officer. No, no. Um, but I like Woody Harrelson has actually had a bit of a late career resurgence here. I mean, he was great in uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He was he was just fantastic in that, and he was like totally. He was one of the highlights of the Dumb Hunger Games movies. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's. Yes. I like Woody Harrelson a lot, and I thought he was very good in this. I thought he was. Like everybody else in this movie, I thought every performance in this movie was very good. Good to very good. It, it's hard to fill in for Alden Ehrenreich, uh, Han Solo's shoes, and it made me think of other- Harrison Ford's. Harrison Ford's shoes. And it made me think of other actors who were in similar positions. And you know who does? It was great in this situation? Josh Brolin in Men in Black 3 as Tommy Lee Jones. No. You saw Men in Black 3? On TV? No, I, not in the theater. I'm not in the theater. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's an interesting time travel. It's actually, poignant. It's hey. actually point. It's actually shockingly poignant. Question, Sonny. Yes. Uh, did you get teary eyed at the end? Yeah. Is I this did the a Linda bit. Fiorentino? No, that's no. the second Although one. Although I like her second a lot. one. The second one was not good. The second one was bad. But the, third, the, the third first one is, is not good. No, the first one. First good. one's good. First, first one's good. We saw the first mm, one together. Okay. The first one is kidding. a totally acceptable action sci-fi movie that established Will Smith as a legit box office star. Perfectly yeah. good movie. Yeah, okay, that's fine. And you're, do you agree with perfectly me with Josh okay. Brolin being- It's perfectly okay. Yeah. Not, not it's perfectly good. good. Yeah. I would say it's a three-star movie. Three out of four stars. But you would agree that- yeah. Well, how many stars would you give it, J.D.? I get two and a half. I'm not going to fight over half a star. 
give me the then give it to me. If you're not going to fight over it, right, give it to me. Said, three stars. I just said fine. So it's Round three it stars. He's there you go. Three stars. <laughs> Say it's a three star movie. <laughs> it's a three star movie. <laughs> there we go, JBL. But am I right about Josh Brolin? He does. Yeah, he's good. great. He's he does great. a good Tommy Lee Jones. He, he does a good Tommy Lee Jones. And, this, and it gets it gets to uh, one of the reasons why I like I like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie for some of the same reasons I like Donald Glover in As Solo. Lando. It's not so much that he is doing an impersonation; it's that he is like picking up on the cadences. It's like yes. how he. It's Josh Brolin is doing a very good job of how Tommy Lee Jones talks, mm-hmm. but not like how he sounds. And that I think is the key to a impression in a movie like this that doesn't annoy you. Yes. Like you, you can do impressions that like, oh, he sounds exactly like him, but it sounds lame because it's not quite the same. Right. You get into this weird uncanny valley thing. But when you do the cadences as opposed to the sounds, it's much better. Very interesting. You guys have more solo thoughts, and I want to hear I them more. I do. I mean, I want to talk about the box office and the broader implications yeah, what is for that? America. But in the and, and before we do that, I want to share something. Uh, so I always shill for uh, Richard Rushfield's Ankler. He ran uh, a little bit of analysis, just story analysis, with why these movies are failing. And I forget who, it's just from one of his friends. I think it was a blind item. But it was a point I hadn't heard before. And what... What this guy writing in said is that the key problem that Disney has here is that they are ruining the happy endings from the original cast of Return of the Jedi. So you you bring back all of these characters who had ridden off into the sunset, and now you're ending them terribly. So Han Solo is getting killed by his own child. Luke is... Luke, who was the guy who was just sort of had it grown up and accepted his role and is now an embittered old man who has like given up on the system and is living in a hermit. And Princess Leia is doing God knows what Princess Leia is doing. She's floating around in space, Mary Poppins. And the, 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 the 101 of the original 101 rules of storytelling is that you never invalidate a character's happy ending. And I thought this was pretty perceptive and maybe part of the reason that mm-hmm. people of our generation, now young kids aren't going to care about that, mm-hmm. um, but people of our generation yeah. look at this stuff and just sort of react against yeah, yeah. it in a way that they don't quite understand. Can I just, uh, just hit on this briefly? I, I saw a Twitter thread from somebody who is like very into the new Star Wars, but also kind of uh, skeptical of it for exactly this reason. You know, she she was saying that she had no real interest in seeing Han Solo who we have over the last like three years basically have been led to lead, uh, led to believe has led a life of horrible sadness the whole time. Yep. Except for like maybe like six minutes at the end of Return of the Jedi. Basically, his life has been terrible. He grows up in slums. His uh, love is stripped away from him. He is taught that he has to shoot first, uh, and then we skip ahead a bit. And he is uh, frozen in carbonite and stripped away from his love again. And then we skip ahead another bit, and he's uh, basically a homeless uh, marauder running around the galaxy who gets murdered by his own son at the end of the film. It's just a horrible life that he's led. And Han Solo should not be a tragic character. No, and and that is exactly what he has been turned into, is a tragic, horrible like kind of uh, lesson about how not to live your life. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So I I found this interesting. It, It... Again, the more and more I think about what Kathleen Kennedy has done, the more I think that actually Disney has screwed up the entire Star Wars universe Mm. and that this is going to end very badly. Which brings us to the... the... So, Sonny, there was a guy on Twitter that I was pointing you towards uh, who last week kept saying, uh, 
we don't know how much money this movie is going to make. <laughs> it Titanic <laughs> Titanic opened to forty million dollars, and look how much money yeah, Titanic yeah, right, right, made. Yeah. And it's then the, when something said, about Mary of Star Wars movies. Well, you know, Titanic had a two percent drop. Uh, this guy then pivoted and said, uh, "Well, but you know, plenty of movies that open over one hundred thirty million dollars have sixty percent drops." So he said, "But it didn't open over a hundred thirty. Yeah. Anyway, we right. now know the number. It dropped sixty five point two percent. Big Just drop. as a point of reference, there are, here are some recent movies that you may have seen that sucked. Rampage dropped 43% from Weekend 1 to Weekend 2. Blockers dropped 47% from Weekend Blockers. 1 to Weekend 2. Pacific Rim Uprising mm. also dropped 67%. Tomb Raider only dropped 57%. A Wrinkle in Time only dropped 51%, et etc. et cetera. You see where I'm going with this. Right, right. You don't have to do Black... Oh, of course it's not Black Panther because Black Panther is a cultural phenomenon. You could take a bunch of other super wide open, effects-heavy laden movies from the last few weeks, and this dropped as bad as any of them. And, and it This is, is really bad. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, it dropped worse than any of them, basically. Yes. And, and you... You know... The problem with this like world of franchise blockbusters that we live in right now is that you can point to just about anything that has a hundred and fifty million dollar or more opening and be like, oh well, look, it dropped sixty percent in its second weekend. That's you know not. But the problem is, it is opening at such a huge number yeah. that that sort of drop is not only kind of expected, but you just you just kind of bake that into to the 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 cake. Look at a movie that didn't drop like that. Look at The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, I think, drops something like 40% yep. weekend yep. between weekend one and weekend two, mm-hmm. and it opened to $250 million. Yeah. So, like, you... you, you Black Panther, 45%. Right. It opened at 160, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, more than that, like 200, I think. Yeah. Um, but the, the reason that you can't, like, take those numbers and then say, oh, well, you know, Solo's drop isn't so bad, because they started much lower. It started mm-hmm. at $80 million. Right. Like, starting, if you drop 67% after an $80 million or $90 million opening, you're in a ton of trouble. You're yep. in a lot of trouble. And yep. this movie is in a huge amount of trouble. And everyone who says it's not in trouble mm-hmm. is an idiot. And I'm tired of having, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of having to hear from these people on Twitter who have never gone to boxofficemojo.com in their life and start throwing numbers like, oh, Avatar only dropped 3% in its second weekend. You know what happened in Avatar? Let me tell you about Avatar. Avatar opened, us, Avatar opened to a depressed first weekend because there was a giant snowstorm on the East Coast. The only way you know this sort of thing is if you were there when it happened, if you were watching the numbers, and then in the second weekend it dropped like 3% or something like that. And the reason that it dropped 3% was because the first weekend was depressed. But the first weekend was depressed, and that, that like, you, you, these people, these people who don't understand what they're talking about, they drive me totally insane. Well, you wanted to talk, uh, guys, about the, um, the fans, the, the defenders of, of Solo. You were talking about this earlier on. You're talking about these people. I mean, they're the same people you're talking about just right now, right? Yep. I mean, these are people who um, you can go into YouTube and look at fan reaction. And every little scene is, wow, right? It's amazing. This is great. No. You know, but, and these are people who are attacking you. Sonny. Well, yeah, you know, it's so. just like, it's, just, I don't, I don't mind uh, people who criticize my reviews because people like movies, people don't like movies. Mm-hmm. I get annoyed when people say, oh, well, your box office numbers are wrong. You have no idea what you're talking about. This movie could, could be a big hit. Right. It, it isn't, and it won't be, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. You only have to look at the numbers uh, in in the entirety of box office history. That's all you have to do. 
JV, you have thoughts on this? It's a, so we had thought that it was a disaster that was going to struggle to get to five hundred million. It's now at two sixty six, and it is going to struggle to get to four. I uh, yeah, I mean, I um, think it would be I mean, this if is, it you gets can't, to four. Yeah. And so here's I want you, I want people to Please, understand JVL. that here's why this matters. It isn't just one movie. It isn't just one franchise, right? So on May 16th, Disney stock was at a three-month high of $105. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire week leading up to Solo's opening, it started ticking down as people understood what the tracking was like. And then the Tuesday after when the market reopened, uh, it dropped 5%. Like Disney stock dropped 5% on the that's Tuesday after this movie opened. Why is this important? Why do we care? Because Disney is in the middle of trying to use its stock to buy Fox. They are in a war with Comcast, who's using an all-cash offer. And so you have like the actual future of what this studio is going to do, which is being in part determined by what's, what just happened with Solo. And in fact, you could even like telescope out further than that and say mm-hmm. that Disney has a guy, his CEO, Bob Iger, mm-hmm. who has been playing around with the idea of running for president, who may now not be able to run for president because he's got to spend all of his time trying to make this merger happen and fix the Roseanne debacle, fix the ESPN yeah, debacle, right. fix the Kathleen Kennedy thing, because mm-hmm. she has to go. Hear Never me now happen. and That's listen to me later. Never going to happen. She cannot nope. stay in charge of this franchise. Never going to happen. She will be there when episode nine is released, and she will crow vindication after it grosses one point six billion worldwide. Let's say, and she will. She will stay. She's not going anywhere. I. She is not going anywhere. She cannot be allowed to remain in control of this division. <laughs> she has screwed it up. I mean, this is uh, so. I mean, there, yeah, Bob Iger is going to run for president after firing the most important female executive. <laughs> in it, first off, the whole Bob Iger for president thing is insane. Well, of course, it's, it's insane. insane. Of it's course, like, it's, it's insane. an insane manufacturing of news by the the Hollywood trades. That's never. No, gonna happen. this is what he. It's what he wants to do. Whether he could do it or not is not the point. The point is whether he is going to move forward in his deliberations mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, uh, and either he or Howard Schultz, some somebody's going to look. We're going to have weird candidates in twenty twenty. Um, so anyway, you see everything here is hap- is spinning out from this, and it's crazy. And there are fans are. Can we talk for a moment about L three? Of course. Sure. I thought that it was the same voice as Captain Phasma. Sounds very similar to I Phasma. Not, not the same character. Oh, because it's a woman's voice. Yes. <laughs> is that why it sounds the same? Wow. Yes. See. Yes. No, I said, "Oh my!" This is a sort of toxic fandom. No, we need to snuff I, out. I, I was picturing Brienne of Tarth, and then. You mentioned this line in last week's episode of The Substandard. Somebody did the annoying line of saying, is there anything else you'd eat? And she goes, equal rights. Is that what she said? That's a great laugh line. <laughs> so did you- Did people laugh in the theater? Yes. That's what I want to know. Okay. Your read on this was your read- Oh, right. That it was intended to be comic relief or it just played no, as comic I, relief? I agree, with, I agree with JVL and Matt on this, Sonny. You guys are so- <laughs> I think you're so wrong on this. I think it- the the role the it's not just the way the role is written it's the way it's that perp- it's, it's the way it it's is woke. the way that Ron Howard shoots the reaction shots look Ron Howard is no stranger from using woke female uh, 
uh, characters as comic relief. Look at Lindsay in the whole third and fourth seasons of Arrested Development. She, it, like it is, it's a, it's this is not this is not foreign territory for him. And the reason you can tell it's joke. It, it, look at how everybody reacts to the character. Look at that droid breakout scene. That is straight up Marx Brothers nonsense. The bumping around and the silliness and the yeah, look at what we're doing, uh, freedom. It's it is it is in, it is entirely intended as comic relief. Now this is separate from the question of whether or not it is specifically a parody of social justice Star Wars fans. Uh, uh, that is, that, that's a secondary question. You could argue, I think, and I think, the na- as I mentioned in the Washington Post, I think the name of the character L337, which looks an awful lot like Leet Third Speak wave. to me. Looks an awful lot like Leet Speak to Leet me. Speak? You know what Leet Speak is? No. Yes, you do. No, I don't. All right. Anyway, what is nerd, it's it's like the it's shorthand that uh, gamers would use to you know <laughs> what stop it. Uh, no, I'm you know, totally. I don't know. You you could totally. I don't know. Effort this. About. Effort this. Look up L three. Look up one three three seven. Or just look up one three three seven meaning. Just, just look up leet l e e t leet one three three seven also known as elite or leet speak is a system of modified spellings and verbiage used primarily in So the argument here would be that her Whoa. designation. Can I fall out of my chair now? Her yes. her designation of L three three seven suggests to me that this is possibly a parody of the way that message board people would make fun of a woke droid. So like I think there's a level of parody here that we're we're working on. I don't know exactly who is being parodied, but the point is it's comic role. It's played for laughs. All the reactions are played for laughs. Comic role. Can you uh talk a little bit about the indignity of L3's consciousness being ripped out of her body? Can we talk and about installed L3? into mm. the Millennium well, Falcon? So here's that the thing, very so without weird. consent. So, so now they, Lando can have sex with the Millennium Falcon. That's good. So we take we take the woke droid character, right, who is possibly a parody, definitely comic relief, uh, and treat her rea- uh, treat her concerns as jokes through the whole movie. And then at the end of the film, as she's dying, her consciousness is literally ripped from her body and shoved into the Millennium Falcon. She's stripped of her voice, which is her defining characteristic, her smart-ass, Silence. smart-out. She's silenced like somebody out of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> and she is forced to work as the slave of the Millennium Falcon. She isn't, she, I mean, like, it, I mean this in a computer relationship, you know, you have slave, but like, it, she is like, she is subordinated to the Millennium Falcon. She is forced to work underneath it, and nobody can ever hear her voice again. We know she still has her voice, though, remember, from, uh, I think it's Empire Strikes Back when C-3PO asks, where did this, com- where did this, where did your computer learn to talk? She has a very weird dialect or something like that. Anyway, point is, this is a line. Wow. This is a line. So, Mind blown. So here is, uh, here's what I'm saying is uh, this is just another point of reference on the horrible slave-like conditions that droids are made to suffer under under the I rebellion know. and its I, sympathizers. You know, I read a piece on Vox over the weekend. Let's talk about that, That please. discovered that droids are slaves in the Star War. Did mind, you read mind that? Blown. I did read that. Mind blown read also. That. Mind blown also. Would Seth you care to comment on that, Sonny? Well, I know, I happen to know the foremost scholar on slavery uh, droid comparisons, and that's one Jonathan V. Last, who wrote a very key piece on this for the Free Beacon three years ago. I wrote it last week, right? Three, right after Vox wrote their piece? Three years ago. No no <laughs> references, no no credit for this in, in any of Was the- Was there a link in there? You know, no, the Vox no. piece? Nobody, nobody links to nobody links. Well, it to happened before Beacon. five minutes ago, so right. nobody at Vox well, knows nobody it. would know. <laughs> nobody would know. <laughs> That's the f- Jonathan, are droid slaves? Yeah. 
Yeah, they are. And the the L three thing. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, you don't have to make too much of it. But yes, I mean, the idea, like, okay, if this if this is a sentient creature with free will and all that, we're just gonna like jack it into the Millennium Falcon and then never make any attempt to remove the consciousness and embody her again, huh? Yeah. How's that work? Yeah. You know why? Because uh, people feel like they can do whatever they want with their chattel. The thing about L3 that always annoyed me is, you know, she'd spend most of the show, all she'd do is whine. Speaking of wine, with online ordering, quick shipping, and personalized recommendations, the only way Wink could make discovering wine you love easier is if they drank it for you. Introducing Wink, spelled W-I-N-C. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine because Wink's wine experts select wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, shipped right to your door, and starting at just $13 a bottle. There's nothing like coming home to a delivery of bo- box of delicious Wink wine selected just for you. It's the best day of your month. Just fill out Wink's palate profile quiz. Answer simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or translate into recommendation. Questions like, how do you take your coffee? And how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink wine sends wines curated to your taste. The more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections. Each month there are new delicious wines, like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. No membership fees, skip any month, cancel any time. Shipping is covered, and if you don't like a bottle they send you, they'll replace it with a bottle you'll love. No questions asked. We tried at home the uh, Summer Water Rosé. It is delicious, and more of it. As the summer only gets hotter, you'll find it much-needed relief. Uh, so please do try to, and check that out. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com substandard. You'll get $20 off your first shipment. That's spelled T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash substandard for $20 off trywink.com slash substandard. Did you, uh, did, yes. did you take the palate preference quiz? I did. It was I did. one of the questions, do you smell oranges? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, why don't they ask me about burnt hair? They smell burnt hair. Um, Wait, I don't understand. I, that's that's the same thing. Oh, is that the same, the same, same thing? thing. Okay. Al- almonds is cyanide. Almonds yeah. is cyanide, but orange and burnt hair is a stroke. Um, we're already at fifty-five. I was really surprised. I didn't think we'd have enough. I didn't think we'd have enough. Can we uh, the one the one other thing that we we Please. should address here? Toxic fandom. Can we talk about this just for for a minute yes, or two? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So there there is an argument right now that the reaction to Solo and the Last Jedi is a specific manifestation of toxic fandom. That, that Star Wars fans are just like the Ghost Lady Ghostbuster fans, uniquely uh, misogynistic and racist and all that, and that their well. reactions are. But 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 but. Um, Why was an L three in the kitchen cooking and pregnant? Who said that? That's good. That's, That's so, I like that guy. That, I'm trying to lower my voice yeah, a little it's, bit. It's more. good. Uh, I I am somewhat sympathetic to this argument, um, only in the sense that I think that the internet more generally is a toxic environment. That yeah, I think I think the internet. Uh, empowers people who are inclined to say lob death threats at folks or flood their Instagram posts with angry comments or like chase people off the internet. You know, I I heard a story about uh, a Star Wars actor who lives in New York who has a bodyguard now because of all the, you know, various threats that they've received. Um, Is it John Boyega because of all, because he's a black stormtrooper? It's not, it's not. Stormtrooper. People really got upset about their being a black stormtrooper. And this is, you know, I I don't want to get into this, into the way that the studio has kind of leaned into this 
victimization mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but because um, I because I also don't think it's true exactly. I do think that there are a lot of really bad fans out there who are like ugly and gross and say bad things. The problem is I think that this is a relatively tiny proportion that has always been there and only are empowered by the internet, which is again itself the toxic thing that is ruining all of this if we want to talk about it being ruined. And I think that the studios have some measure of blame to bear here. The studios have spent the last 10 years, 20 years, building up franchises as the thing. This is the thing that our studios are based on. These are the tent poles. This is what keeps the roof over our heads. Uh, And they have encouraged these fandoms by having massive conferences and making making the talent available to the fans and like having, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then they get upset when a certain segment of fans are uh, nonplussed by changes made to the core storylines. And they dismiss those fans by saying, oh, this is just toxic fandom. We don't have to pay any attention to this, which in turn, I think, radicalizes more fans to say, no, this isn't toxic fandom. You have messed up certain things. in this." The point here is I, I, I think that toxic fandom is a thing that exists. I think that the, the uh, amount of toxic fandom out there is overblown. And I think it's really a toxic Internet problem. I think the Internet is the thing that is broken. The thing that this podcast exists on is terrible and bad for society and should be destroyed. The good news is wow. we are on the we are on wow. the verge of getting rid of this thing. Great. So, Excellent. you know, I would you say mean the internet or this yeah, podcast. No, no, the internet. The internet. Now we oh, we oh. are this close. We can wipe it out. This close. To, how do we do it? We hack the internet. All of them. We hack all the internet. <laughs> all the internets. <laughs> and so this problem that you're describing gonna is go not going to get right. bigger mm-hmm. and worse. Mm-hmm for all time mm-hmm. to the horizon asymptotically it's just going to go away yeah, it just all, if the you world scold be a people place. if you scold people enough they'll just they'll realize they're wrong yep. no i mean this is this do, you, do am i wrong here am i am no. i overblowing no, this no, no, am no. i am i it's true am i incorrect it's, it's in thinking that it's, yeah. that star wars fans are not inherently more toxic than say other fans mm-hmm. And that this is an internet problem, or am I wrong? I mean, I I would I'm welcome to no, push. It's I'm an, it's open an, to pushback. It's back an here. internet problem. It's an internet problem. It's not healthy. It, it brings out the worst in people. I'm spending a lot of time on Twitter. <laughs> Speaking like of worst, I was just trying to transition oh, sorry. to get us out of this episode. Yes, let's move on. Speaking, Speaking of worst, of this worst, is a bottom seven episode all about, time. How no no no? How about uh, corrections, additions, anything? Anybody ready to move on? Nothing. Uh, you know, I got something wrong last week, oh. and I've already forgotten what it is. Okay. So I'm sorry for it. I regret the error, and I will hey, endeavor you know to what? do better next time. Save it for show notes. Um, Spirit of the Week is Johnny Walker Black from our friends at yeah. Diageo. They always a good one. You you can't go wrong with yeah. that. Um, and I believe that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victory Nomadis at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard under podcasts and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. Uh, So briefly on the the, the outtakes. Yes. um, We have a... Very uh, special outtakes. Very special Ooh, outtake. A yes. fan of the show, Scotty Henthorn, uh, who we know, we all know and love from Twitter, uh, has sent a a kind of uh, little song to to send us out. Is this today. Scotty Rock? Scotty Rock. Scotty, Scotty Rock. Rock. Uh, I, I didn't know the Twitter. 
I knew yeah, Scotty yeah. Hawthorne. Right, right. I knew yeah, yeah. very Twitter. exciting. Uh, but uh, we're we're gonna. It, this is this is a this is kind of a funny thing. You know, I would I would listen to Don and Mike and you know those guys growing up, and they would have some or Howard Stern. They would have you know fans would send in little little ditties. Um, so it is nice to have somebody with some actual talent out there listening to us and sending us music. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, maybe this is a recurring thing. I don't know if you know Scotty has has kids, has at least a kid, maybe maybe multiple. Uh, and uh, you know if it doesn't, if if you guys like it, maybe he can do more. But uh, what, what, yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm sure it's fine. Half of all our heroes died So all fanboys and fangirls cried While anyone with half a mind Sat back and rolled their eyes They started with Infinity War Leaving viewers drained and bored Marvel continued to run up the score And they'll do it again with Avengers 4 we waited weeks for Deadpool 2, a meta-sequel for those around age 22. Didn't make as much as it was supposed to, but entertaining enough for me and you. Last and, well, least on what was supposed to be the biggest Memorial Day weekend in box office history.